Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hi, Nikki. Hello, everyone. Hi, Pete. Hi. How are you? Hi. Feeling good? Feeling strong? Yeah. I am. I'm feeling pretty good. You just, I you just you sound great. Oh, yeah. No, you look very, you look sharp. You look like you're on top of things. You look like your mindfulness you. is on lock right now. And mm-hmm. uh, you don't even need the Zoom touch up my appearance feature. You just, you're uh, radiant this you. election week. Yeah. I like the touch up feature, though. I, I- <laughs> it does make me happy. <sighs> I'll tell you, uh, I look like dirt. Look at no, this. You God, I look old. You do so have some old. foggy glasses, though. I don't know what's going on with that, but I know. Is that weird? My yeah. sweaty eyeballs. So sweaty eyeballs. Sweaty. It's yeah. a little weird. It's not great. You, you got to get uh, some new eye eyeglasses, I think. Well, mostly, I just had a I had a rough weekend. I had a really rough weekend, and it's something mm-hmm. that's constantly kind of on my mind. This, uh, you know, what happens when uh, ADHD meets other. Um, partner complications. And so I thought we would take a little time to talk about that today and uh, anchor that in my stupid weekend experience and see how that works. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety and uh, ADHD and panic. And mm-hmm. then we're going to talk about gestalt therapy, believe it or not. We're going to bring it all back around to gestalt therapy. And I'm excited to talk about that. Before we do, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. And we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD.com. And if this show has ever touched you, oh, we sure wish you would head over to Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast and check out our member program. Uh, for a few bucks a month, you get to join our online community over on Discord and our member group over on Facebook. Uh, you get to watch the live stream of this show as we record. You can hear all about my foggy glasses because of my sweaty eyeballs. We did a whole bit on that, a type five on sweaty eyeballs before the show started. Uh, you get to hang out with us in our online uh, server and meet an incredible community of ADHD people who are amazing and have been there for years and want to help and support one another and grow. It's just amazing. Thank you all for your continued support. Oh, by the way, it's we record this, it's November, which means you get to join us for happy hour, which is coming up another wonderful member. Uh, uh, event coming up the first Wednesday of each month. Uh, Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Okay, so Nikki. Yes. <clears throat> Where do we start? Well, okay. I don't know. I've talked a lot uh, about my uh, health. <laughs> I'm sure people are so sick of Pete talking about his health. That's all I can think about right now is that, oh, it's another episode of Pete talking about his health. So I've talked a lot about this whole post-COVID health. It's not great. It's really hard. And mm-hmm. um, so I try not to talk about it as as much as I believe it or not. I actually try not to talk about it. But this weekend was a real low point uh, for me in my just in my 
in my body and in my head. And mm-hmm. uh, and so the 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 background is it it turns out that that it looks like my vascular system right now is more impacted than than we had thought, and there's poor circulation and really weird, gross swelling. <laughs> it's just awful. In your feet? Yeah, yeah. Can't walk. Swelling in my feet. Like, can't wait. It's like, it's like nine months pregnant, like oh, swelling, right? It's just, you can't, miserable. like, can't walk around. Uh, and so, you know, two weeks ago, my doctor said, you know, here, I want you to, to get a blood pressure cuff. And I want you to take regular random measurements of your blood pressure over the next 10 days. And let's just see kind of what's going on with your circulation. And it did not take 10 days to discover that I'm I'm super hypertensive right now, like dangerously so. And that, um, you know, we need to start some some intervention. And they're talking about things like, you know, the, the COVID related stuff. They're talking about all the COVID related buzzwords. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, and and the way my doctor put it, like it, it looks like your your circulatory system is doing a lot of work for your heart, and we need to give your heart a break. And your circulatory system is having a tough time keeping up. And so, um, you know, there are lots of lots of other sort of reasons uh, that this may or may not be happening. But the bottom line is, we have to we have to change it. Continue collecting data, mm-hmm. and make some changes collecting data yeah it's terrible what kind of it's data terrible. do you have to collect well um blood pressure uh, still um multiple times a day mm-hmm. uh heart rate obviously constantly um and pulse uh, oxygen uh, blood oxygen level and so that's the same stuff that i was doing when i was you know when i was deep in it in july um and so we're we're back to that um, because I get to this point where that is just physically exhausting. Right. Yeah. Right. Like imagine. it just you're constantly panting with that mm-hmm. experience. Like you're constantly feeling like you just ran a race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I and so like, you know, I'm I'm doing the dishes. All I'm doing is standing and moving my hands and my pulse shoots up to like 110, 120 mm-hmm. sustained for that experience. And you've just just can't stop can't stop panting uh, and so then you go and you take your measurements and that's when i had this this sort of awakening uh yesterday where i was i know we've talked about this before it's been a long time but when i went through grad school like my hyper focus sort of back of the mind activity to keep me going during my studies was to rip cds right because this was mm-hmm. a, a long time ago when i went to grad school and so itunes had just come out and i was very excited about taking all my cds my massive cd collection and and digitizing them all as mp3s and so i would do that in the background and that would be a little you know it would take you know sometimes 10 minutes to to rip a CD. And so I would have 10 minute sprints, switch CDs, do another thing. And I realized this weekend that is the same muscle uh, that is constantly um, hitting, like uh, being triggered for um, my ADHD for this, for starting to measure the data. Like I am perseverating. I'm hyper focusing on mm-hmm. data and trends so much now that I I have too much data. But what happens is that becomes a deflationary, like um a, a never-ending cycle as negative right. thought experiences, because then you can't get to a spot 
to where you break that cycle, right? It's, it is so difficult to, to find the trigger to get out of it. Um, when you have to keep coming back doctor's orders doing that work. Yeah, I was going to say it's very, it it has to be very different when it's health related versus like I'll talk to clients about time tracking, right? And collect the data of how long it takes for you to do something. Um, Don't change your routine. Don't change anything you would do. Just, you know, without judgment, just collect the data and and we're going to look for trends and patterns and things like that. But in this situation, all of that really goes out the window because there is a lot of judgment because it has to do with your health. So you have to pay attention to what the numbers mean. And... Uh, I can I can only imagine the anxiety, yeah, that is stirring yeah. up every single time you have to document something. So, like all of that, like it's a constant reminder, a doctor's orders reminder of where you are in this space. And because I have a legendary like anxiety around. Uh, needles and cardio, the cardio uh, phobia, and like all of these kinds of of things. Um, it's it, it became yesterday was that sort of break, and right around three thirty, mm-hmm. I just lost it. I just came off the rails. You know, I'm just sitting here and I'm just in tears, and I just couldn't function. And all night long, it was this just sort of cycle of um uh, sort of this this sort of prison of that experience uh of being inside of that of feeling like like really feeling like my heart was you know three or four times its size like feeling discomfort in my chest um thinking oh god now i'm terrified of you know waking everybody up and saying we need to go to the emergency room what is that like mm-hmm. that, of course, like that, uh, of course, they're going to we're going to wake up and go to the emergency room, you know, like I was just trying to hide so much of that experience, you know, from family and kids. And mm-hmm. and um, I just was I was paralyzed by by the stuff that lives constantly in here. And I couldn't stop focusing on the stuff that lives constantly in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was, you know, finally around five. 5:30 this morning that I was able to to kind of let myself go to sleep and my I felt my heart rate go down. I felt like the Hulk, you know, in the Hulk movies there's always this this scene where it goes to a close up on his heart rate his heart monitor on his uh, wrist mm-hmm. and then to his eyeballs and they get mm-hmm. big and green. That's what mm-hmm. I felt like. Like I was constantly looking at my at my uh, heart rate monitor That's because I thought I'm going to have a heart attack From right 3:30 now. p.m. to 5:30 a.m. you're yeah. dealing with this kind of panic. Yeah. Yeah, wow. sweating just like in a in a ball um in a fit. And uh you know, of course, I can't I I feel like I can't talk to anyone. There's pain in my chest and up my neck. There's uh just the terror of going to the hospital. Do I do I have insurance coverage? Of course I have insurance coverage. I've ter- needles and drugs and like it's an anxiety house of cards. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So uh pivot. <laughs> um I, I started thinking about um the the language that we tell ourselves. And this is it it actually took me back to our joy triggers um mm-hmm. presentations coming up this weekend because we've spent a lot of time trying to find the triggers that get us out of the cycles of that we perseverate on, right? Right. And I, I couldn't find I couldn't find one. I admit it. Like I couldn't I I couldn't find something that would that would release me from mm-hmm. this. I tried watching, you know, funny shows. I tried mm-hmm. like I tried the things that 
would normally sort of surprise me out of it. And, and, um, I, it was, it was rough, mm-hmm. um, which was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I ended up, I, I had the, the, uh, great fortune of inter- of of producing a podcast interview between two other people uh, on Dodge Ray's new podcast The Change Paradox he was interviewing Carlene Britton uh, who is a gestalt therapist what do you, do you know anything about gestalt therapy I do not never even heard of it so you'll have to explain to us what this is well uh, gestalt is you know it's a german word and it means like shape right what is the shape of a thing and and mm-hmm. i use the term colloquially all the time right it's a reference to like academic discussions and uh you know things that are more than the sum of their parts what is mm-hmm. the gestalt of this idea or something like that you, you know but gestalt therapy is um I have very little experience at it. So this was an interesting thing to watch her and and listen to her talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and just read the intro paragraph from Wikipedia because I thought it was was, uh, a a great way to summarize it. Gestalt therapy is a form of psychotherapy which emphasizes personal responsibility and focuses upon the individual's experience in the present moment, the therapist-client relationship, the environmental and social contexts of a person's life, and the self-regulating adjustments people make as a result of their overall situation. Developed by Fritz Perls and Laura Perls and Paul Goodman in the 40s and 50s and was first described in the 1951 book Gestalt Therapy. So it's super attentive to the the current sort of worldview of the the client, right, of mm-hmm. the patient, mm-hmm. and what they're going through um, and and how it works. Well, at the end of all of Dodge's interviews on this podcast, he he turns over the show to the guest to lead like a 10-minute experiential exercise. Sometimes it might be a meditation, might be just mm-hmm. a coaching exercise, but he kind of steps out of it and just lets the, the, um, the guest roll with it. Mm-hmm. Well, this time, Carlene said, you know, I need, I need a buddy. I need somebody who can do this with me. And, and this was um, just last week? Yeah, this is just last week, right? Okay, all right. And she said, I, I need somebody who can do this exercise with me because that's just how Gestalt works. Like, it, it you got to go to know, she says. You got to kind of be in it to understand kind of how the dialogue works. Um, because what we're doing through experience is trying to t- retrain the way we talk to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of self-talk that we use. Um, and, and we have to do it in partnership. And Dodge said, well, I'm a therapist. I might not be a great person to use because I kind of know, I know the, I know the gag, right? I know how right. it works. Right. Um, and and plus, he says, you know, I'm constantly being vulnerable on my own show, and I think it's going to be too much. Maybe Pete'll do it. And I felt like li- <laughs> like Mikey on yeah. the on the old Life cereal. Yes, like, give Michael it to Mikey. Like it. He'll he eats anything. <laughs> uh, and so I felt like that. And so I said, okay. Here we go. I'm going to Ted Lasso my way through this. I'm just a, a vessel of positive energy, and I'm going to say yes. I don't know what I'm getting into. Let's try it. And so she says, okay, this is an exercise in two parts. I'm going to be the, uh, you know, the your accountability partner or your therapist, whatever kind of role I'm playing here, but I'm going to be that role. You're going to be telling me kind of what your experience is and the thing that you want to change right now in your life, where you're feeling stuck, whatever you're looking to sort of get over. And I said, well, you know, I need to, I need to get fit again, right? I've been unfit for a long time. I'm really unfit right now. And I need to find this place in my head where I'm not afraid to go out and and exercise. And she said, great, we can do this. By the way, she says, you're going to hate me 
in part one of this exercise. I said, okay. And then we started the exercise. And she asked me, you know, what are you going through? And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to get fit. I'm looking to rehabilitate after COVID. And she said, you're great. And I, I thought, oh, okay, good. Well, you, I'm, you can do I'm this, trying. Pete. You can do it. You're a, no, you're going to be fit. You're going to be a star. Like, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're totally going to get over it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how it's scary, but you're totally going to nail this. You're going to do it. Does that like does that sound familiar that kind of language? That kind well, of self-talk. It sounds so familiar because it is <laughs> I mean, I say it to my clients. You know, you've got this. You can do this. But yeah. part of it, I think because I, I I mean, I have mixed feelings, right? Because I think that part of it, you want to hear somebody say that because you you are doubting yourself. And so having somebody just say, I believe in you, like, I think you can do this. There is some like real value there, right? Like there's something about that that's like, all right, you're right. I I can, like, I am stronger than I think I am. But then at the same time, you can't just leave it at that either. Like you're, you've got this. This is great, and yeah. then just assume that they're going to figure that out just because you said it was great. Like there has to be something more than just you're great. Yeah, right. Well, and the the value of the you're great when it is paired with something else which is part two of this little exercise yeah, you know the, yeah. and the and the first part was she just i told her after a couple of exchanges it was very very quick and i said i don't know what to do with this right? i feel like you know you i feel doing? like you're a robot lady right i i don't know how to do this i could ask you know alexa to give me this kind of advice yeah, yeah uh, that's what true are, what are we doing here and and yet the things she was saying they're exactly the things i say to myself too I can do this. I can get over yeah, it. Right. I can do it. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But none of them really dealt with the with the context of what I was experiencing. What was really happening? Right. Yeah. I didn't what know was what that you was. Stuck? Exactly. What so was the there? second yeah. she says, "Let's do it again," and this is part two, and she asked me, "What are you trying to do?" And I said, "You know, well, I'm here. It is. I'm struggling." She said, "How is it for you?" I said, "Well, it's." Um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to get up and get out of bed and and uh, feel like, you know, every kind of ache and pain is is a cascade of, you know, physical ailments. She said, yeah, it must be really scary. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. I feel like I made a glass, right? And we go down this road where now she's she is not just telling me how great I am. She is first reminding me of my experience, my context, and it took no time for me to be in a space of understanding now why it's so easy for me to be stuck in my uh, in my head around going out and getting fit. That it has, you know, it's not just I'm lazy or I'd rather play video games. Or you don't have the willpower. Or, well, yeah. I don't have the willpower. Yeah. I absolutely do. Willpower was not even part of the question. Right, right. But what we got to very quickly was, I'm terrified. I feel like I'm made of glass. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is a very different experience. But without knowing that, it's hard to take, you're great, you can do it seriously. Yeah, right? you're right. Absolutely. So you, 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 
And yeah, so what what you guys did in that second part was really get to the to the root of what was really going on. Yeah. And then once you really understand what's going on, then the conversation completely changes, right? I mean, it's yeah. not about being great. You've got this. It's a different conversation altogether. Yeah. And you know what's funny about it? Um, it can feel just as good, right? It can feel just as rewarding to come to terms with um, understanding the why about my experience, about why I'm relating to my universe the way that I am, um, the why I'm I'm not getting up and getting off the couch and going to do this thing, uh, as it is just to know that somebody believes in me, right? Yes, and actually, as you say that, I I wonder if it's um, because you have more of the context wrapped around it. It it takes away that pressure too of. I, I know I've got this, but I'm still not doing it. And so yeah. I, it's, you can, because you can go into that shame spiral so fast, right? Like, I know I want this. I should have this. I need this. I know I want it. I'm not doing it, right? Shame, 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 shame. Versus yeah. at least now you can acknowledge like this, there's something to this. This isn't something that's just a decision that you're making because yeah. you're lazy or because you just don't care, right? Um, yeah, no, I can definitely see what what you're what you're saying. I also relate it to the world that we live in right now with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Is that I think you know when we were talking about stress expectations, and yeah. we were talking about we're not putting in context what is going on in our outside world and what we should really be doing or not doing. I kind of feel like this also kind of gives you that context too it's like wait a minute there's more than just this going on yeah 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 Yeah. so i i i say all that not to devalue the kind of rah-rah that we need right right? we We need need cheerleading but you know i i do think that there's something to explore and i think it would be worth like continuing a conversation about this because i i think and and from my experience with carlene and the way Carlene was talking about this, how she set it up was, you can ask this of others. You don't have to go to a therapist to actually do this exercise. You can work with your accountability partner, yeah. and you can you can teach one another how to interrogate the deeper issues by this little give and take exercise. And what's so amazing is even if it's art, if it's, you know, in your head, it's completely artificial. The mm-hmm. the, the first part, there is a level of kind of robotic ridiculousness mm-hmm. that sets you up for having the conversation more deeply immediately mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. it is an incredible setup and i think it it uh, for me just having gone through it it was very brief um and and i think it was uh it was incredibly uh powerful uh little experience and i think worth exploring further absolutely uh, so something that it reminds me of just to tie it back into adhd a little bit too yeah. is that uh in one of my groups we were talking about the different messages that we get from people you know, yeah. the you messages of, you know, you do this, you do that. Um, but there's also this message. It's the it's the message of somebody thinking that they're giving you really good advice by, well, have you thought about like just putting yeah. together a to-do list? Have you thought about just using a planner? Yeah. Have you, do you have timer? 
hours. (laughs) Right. So here's this person who is, you know, probably unintentionally trying to give you advice or give you something that they think is going to be helpful. But in the back of your mind, you're like that robot. It, yeah, yeah, of course. I've heard, I've talked about these things. I've heard about these things. I've tried yeah. these things, but it doesn't get to the root of the ADHD. It doesn't talk about the ADHD and how that makes it difficult. And so just to kind of be able to see how I can see how this relates to that, right? Like how that yeah. is a pretty fair comparison of, oh, you're great. You can do this. But yet there's some real fear, especially with your health and anxiety around what that looks like. And I like how you say, not that I like it because I don't like how you, that you feel this way, but just Mm -hmm. that you feel like glass Mm because that really puts, you know, how fragile you feel in that environment. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I think the, um, for, for me, that ADHD connection is it became clear first thing this morning, right? As mm-hmm. I kind of am wearily trying to, I, I wake up after a few hours of sleep and I realize like, um, you know, the language I had been using all night was, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I was not getting any more fine. Um, but, but what it was, was, you know, I feel like glass and I feel like mm-hmm. any sign that I am fragile or hurting causes me to feel more fragile and in greater pain. and. Uh, it wasn't until I I started thinking back to my experience with Carlene that I realized this is a an introspection issue. I don't know why I'm feeling this way yet, mm-hmm. and I need to ask better questions. Right? I need to I need to let myself talk more. I need to develop a a, a closer relationship with the things that are causing my spirals and hyperfocus issues and mm-hmm. exhaustion and mm-hmm. and figure that out first. And I wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, you know, these, these episodes, these Pete episodes, uh, you know, uh, these feel like sort of gross navel gazely, but I just woke up and I thought, you know, if anybody's, if any community might get a little something out of this, it's going to be our community. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and amazing. nothing about so. it is gross. I appreciate you putting yourself out there and talking about your experience because listeners have to realize this just was an experience that you had five hours ago like this yeah. isn't something that you know i mean i know you had the 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 exercise was a week ago which is probably mm-hmm. really put there in your universe on purpose because you were able to reflect back at that at some point yeah. you know early this morning but um no i really appreciate you talking about this and being so open about it and uh uh, and I appreciate you bringing up this new thing. Like I'd never heard of this type of therapy before. And um, from all of the things that we talk about with limiting beliefs and changing that that um, internal, conver- you know, that conversation we have and then asking different questions, it's so relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I, I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you, Pete. Well, thank you, Nikki. And thank you, everybody, for hanging in with us uh, and joining us on the show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Uh, Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, uh, we're always over in the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.